Hello, welcome to 21st Century Bonzes Podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. Today is the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 22. So I hope you have enjoyed this study. Normally, people think a book of Revelation is either too difficult or too scary, so it's very easy to skip it. But this is the Word of God, and the book of Revelation contains so much of truth, and we have to take those truths seriously, because it talks about what will, what will happen in the future. As we go through Navigating Future series, we need to know what the Lord, what the King of Kings and Lord of Lords says to us about what is going to trans- transpire in the future. Jesus is coming soon, and that is the message I want to talk today with you. Let me ask a question. Do you like theme park like Disney World or, you know, a lot of uh, amusement park? Now, if there's a deal that you can spend very little money with all of your families from the beginning to the end, everything in the theme park for one week, uh, full-time enjoyment of of that park, what would you do? But the problem is that deal is going to finish tonight, so you have to act on right now. Then probably, even if you're very busy uh, for your work, probably you might stop just for a moment and you'll try to to do everything to get the package, to get the deal, to enjoy with your family for that vacation uh, deal. So what what is the most important thing in our life, but that is going to... Uh, that deal or that thing is going to finish very quickly. So we have to act on right away. What would that be? So that is something I want to talk from today's chapter, which is Revelation chapter 22, that Jesus is coming. He is everything. So he's coming soon. So we must act very promptly. So let's look at Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 through 15. Let's look at together. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward, my reward is with me, to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers, and the immoral persons, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. There are three points I want to make from today's passage. The first one is, Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything to us. Second, Jesus is coming very soon. Third, Jesus will reward his people. So let's go one by one. So let's go back to today's, uh, the first one, which is Jesus is everything. Look at verse 12. It says, Behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am what does it say? I am. It sounds like uh, Exodus chapter chapter 3, verses 11 through 14, when God revealed his identity to Moses. He says, I am who I am. The I am statement 
is shown when Jesus is calling himself in John chapter 8. We also see it's I am, I am. So Jesus is God. This shows Jesus' divinity, but it goes more in detail because it says, I am the Alpha and Omega, first letter and the last letter of Greek. And also it says, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Hmm. So, what does this mean? Jesus is saying, I am the beginning, I am the end. So, he is like a bookend of his history. He is the beginning of history, he is the end of history. All history, all time belongs to Jesus Christ. But does that mean Jesus is bound by the history or bound by time? No, Jesus is God. He transcends the time. He is beyond history. Before the history, he was there. After the history, he will be there. He is eternal God. But it really shows that Jesus holds everything into his hands. He owns and he controls over all history. He is the beginning and end of history. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 8 verse 6 really shows that everything is from the Lord, everything is through him, everything is to him, and apart from Jesus, nothing came into being according to John chapter 1 3 and Colossians 1:17 also says Jesus was before the beginning. Jesus from the be- Jesus was from the beginning. So it really shows that Jesus is everything to us. We are from him. Apart from him, nothing came into being. It's according to John 1, 3. That means without Jesus, we are nothing. We are not even here. But also, he is the sustainer. He is the um, giver of life. Because in John chapter 1, 4, in him was the light, and the light was the life. Life. He was the life, and he was the light. Without life, without light. No one can survive. So he is the sustainer. He is the provider of life. And also, John chapter 4, uh, verse 10, Jesus is talking with a Samaritan woman, and Jesus is saying, I'm giving you, I will give you the eternal water, the living water that will never thirst, so that Jesus gives our gives life. But also, we are for Him. That means He is our destination. He is our purpose. He is our source. He is, the, he is our means. And He is our purpose. So, Jesus is everything. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He is I am who I am. What a wonderful truth that we must hold on to. Now, earlier I began with the uh, the amusement park. Now, some people, even some Christians like Disney World and all that, but those are just entertainment in the world. They're not ultimate thing. Jesus is everything for us because he is the alpha and omega he is above all things he is above above all time but what about us we are not we have beginning we have our own end right we have a birthday and also we will have a day that all our flesh will stop functioning because we we have a death date we don't know yet what what that day would be but it will come so we have beginning and the end however we're not alpha and omega just think about the uh think about human life in terms of eternity it is speck it is the speck of history 
you know, even if you live, if, if you, even if you are healthy and if you live longer than most of the time, most of other people, but it will be probably just a hundred hundred years or 120 years. But in in terms of 6,000 years or the eternity, it is nothing. It is like dot that is that really shows that we are limited by time and then our time spent in the in the world in history is nothing compared to who Jesus is and the the span of um, Jesus's life Jesus is alpha and omega he is the beginning and the end he transcends time even though his earthly life he his life on earth was very short probably shorter than most of the people. He, he lived on the earth for 33 years. However, he was the center of history. Before Christ, after divinity or after dominion, B.C. and A.D., we see that Jesus is the center of history. And he changed everything. He renew, he, re, he renews everything. That Jesus came to die for our sin. That was his mission. But not just that. He rose from the dead. He conquered the sin and death. So he destroyed this history breaker. That uh, the, the one who controls over, over death is conquered by Christ Jesus who conquered uh, the uh, sin and death. So Jesus is everything to us. Not just the uh, earthly life, but eternal life. He is the source. He is the mean and he is the purpose. So that's the first truth that we need to know that Jesus is everything. But the second truth from this today's passage is very important. So let's go back to today's passage again. Go back to verse 12. It says, Jesus is coming soon because I am coming quickly. Yes, Jesus is coming, but we need to really uh, keep really need to pay attention to this uh, word very carefully because Jesus is coming quickly. Now, this uh, phrase, Jesus is coming quickly, is repeated three times in this chapter. That means this is very, very true that we have to acknowledge and believe and accept it that Jesus is coming soon quickly so that we what do we need to uh, what do we need to do about this because Jesus is coming soon we must be ready for his second coming we must be ready for his return remember the story of 10 virgins and they were all both of uh, this five virgins wise five virgins and a foolish five virgins they're all waiting for the bridegroom to come but the problem is the first five were, were wise and then they were ready to receive the bridegroom to come but the other five were not ready even though they were there together but the problem was they were totally different in terms of preparation and that preparation was a huge deal it was a big, it, it mattered really, um, really the most because the outcome was totally different because the first five were, were definitely invited to uh, the wedding. They got into the wedding because they were prepared, but the other five could not get in because they were not prepared. It's the same thing. Now, we are living in the world right now together, you know, both wise and unwise, both believers and non-believers, but the believers are being ready to receive Jesus Christ when he comes back second time, but the others, 
those non-believers that are not ready to receive Jesus Christ for their for His coming. So uh, the outcome would be totally different. The first one, those who are ready for Jesus coming, they will be excited. They will be so happy to see their bridegroom, which is Jesus Christ, their husband, and then they will live with Jesus forever in heaven. However, the other group will mourn and they will suffer for for eternity in hell with their their father which is satan so the preparation is very vital however the problem is not many people know about it and they think that their life is long and jesus is not coming so they want to live just like live their life um, doing whatever they want to do it is a fatal danger and that is um that is the most that's the most sad thing so we have to be very careful that we need to be ready for Jesus' coming he is coming soon when jesus came uh, first two thousand years ago you know before his coming old testament prophet prophets prophesied about messiah's coming so it was not a random event it was already planned event and you know by god's sovereign will god sent his only son to the world that was his demonstration of his love but at the sight Jesus humbly came as a little baby in the manger, humble manger, and there are not multitude of people watching Jesus' birth. There are only few people, chef, poor shepherd and magi from the east and some bunch of animals. That's it. That was the first coming of Jesus. However, the second coming of Jesus would be totally different. Everyone in the world will see his coming because he is going to come in glory. The, so it's not about who's going to see his coming, but it's about who is ready for his coming. That is the question. Are you ready for Jesus' coming? What if Jesus comes today, tonight? Are you ready to see him? That's the important question we all need to ask because Jesus never told us when he is going to come, but he told us that he is coming soon so that we must be ready for his coming. Imagine that the president is coming to your home in the next three months, but he didn't tell you what day, what month, and what day, what time he's going to come. So what are you going to do? You might think that, oh, yeah, maybe he will show up in three months later. So, you know, today just I can just, you know, watch TV and, uh, you know, I can eat popcorn. and I don't have to clean up my house because I don't think he's going to come today. What if he shows up today? You will be in a big trouble. So even if he uh, did not tell you when he is going to come, because he gave you the timeline, uh, like at least like three months every day during that three months, you will do everything that you could do to clean up your house because you never know when the president is going to come. Same thing for us. Jesus is coming very soon, but we don't know when it is so that every day must be the preparation every day because Jesus can come today, right? So let's be very careful and let's be ready for his coming. And then lastly, Jesus rewards his people. So let's go back to today's passage again. In the verse 12, it says, My reward is with me. So Jesus is kind of like a you know, um, great father who has gifts for his children. So Jesus has this gift, reward with, with him, to render to every man according to, so this is very inclusive, right? Every man according to what he 
has done. So, in other words, Jesus is going to reward according to our works. But wait a minute, you might think like, oh, isn't that contradictory toward the salvation by, you know, faith, by God's grace through faith alone? Yes, it is true. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 9 clearly says, we are saved by God's grace through faith in Him alone, not by works, so that no one can boast. Now, this is totally different, different from other religions because other religions basically are work-based religion. Uh, if, you go to, if you want to go to heaven, you have to do the good works so that when God sees your good works, He will say, hmm, okay, that's good enough so that you can come in. But no, you don't have any good works in your life so that you cannot come in too much. So it is kind of a you know, word, worldly mindset. However, Christianity is totally different. We're not saved by good works. No matter how bad people you were, you recognize your sin, you, re- you turn away Away from your sin, turn to Jesus Christ, but that is all by God's grace, so that you are believing in Christ Jesus that He died for you and He rose from the dead to give you eternal life, and you follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that is faith, and that faith is also by God's grace, that by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus, you are saved, not by works. That is the fact, and that is the truth, so that no one can boast about our good works. That is how we are saved. So, this verse, Today's verse, in, uh, verse 13, when you know Jesus said, I have a reward with me, I'm going to reward you according to what you have done. What does it really mean? Now, this, this reward is for those who are saved, not for this, uh, not to save them. Because, you know, if you believe in Christ Jesus, right, by God's grace, you are saved and you will be saved by God's grace. But, when you are saved, then you will do good works. Not that you do good works so that you can be saved. It's the other way around. Because you are saved, you are doing you are going to do good works. Because Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, I just mentioned that. But the right verse, the next verse, which is verse 10, it says, We are God's workmanship before the foundation of the world that He um, He made us to the to do the good works. He purposed us for good works. So what does that mean? Because you are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus, you are going to do the good works and Jesus is going to reward you for that good works. Right? So that is the order and that is the truth. So if you are a true born-again Christian, if you are a follower of Christ Jesus, then you are in whatever whatever uh, you are and whatever God, the calling God has given you, you are, if you are obeying the Lord and following the Lord, and if you do everything that you could do to, you could to obey uh, His will in your life, then it will come out as the good works that God is going to see it and God is going to reward according to what you have done for His kingdom. So that's what Paul's, Paul really thrived to do because he was looking into the reward, the, uh, the crown uh, that was waiting for him. And he uh, did not consider his life worthy uh, compared to, you know, to fulfill the, uh, um, this great commission to testify to the truth according to um, the uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And that is the mindset, that is the life calling that God has given us to do so that we must thrive to do the good works because we are saved. 
and God is going to、uh, reward us according to what we, what we do for His kingdom. So let's continue to do the good works. And no matter what, it, whether it's a small or big in human eyes, God never.、Um, Overlook it. God is, God is watching every bit of what you do, and He is going to reward you. So that do not despise what you do for the Lord. Always be thankful and be used by God for His kingdom. So, what should we do? How should we live with all of these things? First of all, we need to recognize that Jesus is everything to us. And he is coming soon, very soon, and he is going to reward us. But the problem is this a lot of people think totally opposite way. They think they are everything, they're only concerned about their beginning and the end. Own, they, they are concerned about their earthly life. And they think that Jesus is not coming anytime soon. Let's say, you know, Jesus is coming 50 years later. Then what would people do? Most people would do this way like, okay, if he, you know, since he's coming 50 years later, first 49 years, I still have time to enjoy, right? I can just, you know, live luxuriously. And I can go on a vacation、uh, to that places, that countries, that cities, and then I can just、uh, entertain myself with my family and enjoy my life. And then the last year, 50th year, because Jesus is coming around that time, so maybe I can repent my sin and then I can be serious about my relationship with Jesus. Maybe I would be that, that one year would be a good time to prepare myself to see Jesus. You know, but the problem is, <laughs> nobody knows when Jesus is coming. But many, the,、uh, the, the thing is, people think that way and people live that way. They think that Jesus' is coming is not anytime soon, so that they just want to enjoy their life and you know, Christianity, their faith in Christ Jesus, just like a, another addition.、Um, and then they, they want to enjoy、uh, most of their life because they think Jesus is not coming anytime soon. But that is wrong. Jesus can come today. So you and I must be ready for that. So that whatever we do,、um, we must be working for God's kingdom. A lot of people are working、uh, to, re- to receive a reward from the world. So that's why they work really hard to enjoy that the wor- earthly reward. But we need to look at the kingdom reward. We need to look at Jesus' reward. He is going to reward for what we, what we do for his kingdom. Which reward is more precious? The reward from the world or re- reward from heaven, from Jesus Christ? You know the answer already. So, what should we do? We need to know what pleases the Lord. What pleases the Lord? I mean, it is already listed in the Bible, in the Word of God. We need to meditate on God's Word and simply obey what He says in Scripture so that we will do this good work and He is going to, Jesus is going to reward us. So, let's have this great expectation. Now, think about this、um, our life is like tent. We're like a nomad. 
What are you doing in the tent? You're not going to live in the tent forever. Maybe you are staying in the tent for about five days. And during that five days, you can have a fun, like a barbecue, uh, camping. Uh, that, sound, that may be a really good, good thing. But sometimes, you know, you, you, you chose the wrong uh, camping site. So there's a uh, the tornado and uh, big waves coming and your, the whole the camping trip would be ruined. It is possible. It is just like our life. But... You have your home. Even earthly home is more like a permanent. You're not living there in your home for only five days. You're living there at least one year, two years, or more than five days for sure. So when you go back to your home, that you feel more comfortable. You have your kitchen. You have your rooms. And you have the normal life, uh, the routine life. But it's more safe, more stable. Our life is like a tent. But our heavenly kingdom is like a real home much better home than the earthly home because that is the home with Christ Jesus that will never be shaken you don't have to move around like a nomad that that is your permanent home so that we must have this mindset that we have this heavenly home and our life is like a tent here in the world so that we should not put too much focus on the tent we must focus we must put our focus in the kingdom of God. If you have a home, if you have a tent, and if you are living in a tent for five days, are you going to put your 99% of your focus and everything of your life on the tent? Of course not. Tent is just for vacation. Your focus would be more on your home. That is just a logical thing. Same thing. For us spiritually, we must. Realistically, we must focus in the kingdom of God because that is our real home. Our real home would be amazing. Let's end with this. Because in the verse 14 says, Blessed are those who wash their robe so that they may have the right to the tree of life. Wow. Wash their robe. Who are these? They are forgiven by grace of God, but forgiven through the blood of Christ Jesus. Their sins are forgiven. Now they have access to what? Tree of life. This access was, uh, was closed, was gone because of Adam and Eve sinned against the Lord and they were separated from God and they were separated. They were excluded from, they were uh, kicked out from the Garden of Eden so that they could not access to the Tree of Life. But now that access is open because of grace of God, because of because by the, uh, through the blood of Christ Jesus, we are washed white. Okay, so for those who are in Christ Jesus, in the real heavenly home, you will access to this tree of life. So the men enter by the gates and to the city, and to uh, the city of New Jerusalem. But look at verse 15. Warning, outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immortal persons and the murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. These are the sinners. They will be outside of the uh, gate. They will be outside of New Jerusalem. They will be punished forever in hell. So the Bible, the book of Revelation is very clear. If you are in Christ Jesus, if you overcome through Christ Jesus, now if you are washed white uh, by the blood of Christ Jesus. If you, are Christ, if you are in Christ Jesus, then you are going to be with the Lord forever in heaven. But hell is also real. For those who are outside of Christ Jesus, for those who rebel against Jesus, will suffer forever in hell. It's a very clear message. 
Now, Jesus is coming. He is everything. He will reward. Remember this. So choose Christ Jesus today. If you're not a believer, as I mentioned, heaven and hell are real. The book of Revelation testifies to that. And look at all the world right now. We see the signs of Jesus is coming. So let's be ready. And let's, if you are not a believer, turn away from your sin. Turn to Jesus before it's too late. Because Jesus can come even tonight or this uh, day. So come to Jesus. Believe on Him. He died for you. He rose from the dead to give you eternal life. And believe in Jesus. Follow Him all the days of your life. He will, he will lead you, guide you forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for this book. We thank you that you have spoken to us through your book. I pray that uh, all of us would be ready for your coming so that we would see you face to face and then we'll receive the reward that you have uh, prepared for us. Father, I pray for those who have not believed uh, in you yet. I pray that you would speak to them through this video so that uh, they will also hear the gospel, but not just hearing, but they will respond to this message so that they will, their lives will be changed and then they will also be ready to uh, ready for your coming. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen.